you know, this isn't really a quote, but it, it is uh, my experience on this trip, is oftentimes things will work out differently than you may have thought, but be far better than you could have planned. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? Good, thanks, Ezra. How are you going? I'm pretty good. I've got no shoes on. (laughs) I do have shoes on, and we happen to be uh, sitting next to each other, driving to Sacramento. With Carrie in the back. With Carrie in the back. Hello. (laughs) So we're on our way up to the SEO Rockstars event, um, which is an SEO event that we both spoke at yesterday, and I thought we brought the house down. Yeah, it was fun. It's really good to get up and share ideas with other people, to see their reactions, and also to get out and about. We've we've just been in San Francisco uh, yesterday, and uh, we went to some which, to be fair, you only came with because you didn't trust my ability to get back. Well, you asked for help, and a good friend helps out. Yeah. You know, driving's a serious business. So we're recording this episode as we drive today. And you may hear some navigation instructions in the background. Or the occasional... Uh, it's, it's raining pretty hard outside, so if you hear like a splash or something, that's just because some water hit the windshield. Now, we're just back from our uh, lifestyle business retreat on the North Shore of Oahu, Hawaii, which you really enjoyed. It was fantastic just to do all of those things that we promised in the video to go paddleboarding, to do yoga, uh, to surf, to eat the burritos, to experience shaved ice, uh, and, and to live like you live on the North Shore there. I found it was a magical place. And to top it off, when we left there, I got picked up at four in the morning and drove along the beachfront of the North Shore and I could see the moon dancing off the waves with the palm trees. It was just an incredible visual that I'll remember for the rest of my life. That's amazing. And you know, one of the things that I think is so cool about this experience, and there's a saying that I told you that resonated with you, which is leave at the height of the party. So right when things are really happening, right when things are, are, are really rocking, you take off so that you're remembered right at the height of the party. And I like to, and I kind of test that theory when you end an experience, do people still want more of it? And every one of our retreaters wanted the retreat to last longer. And I think that's a really good sign. We left yeah, at that's, the height well, of the party. it's way better than them saying, gosh, I wish I didn't come. <laughs> you know, like, um, I have experienced that at all the events that I've run, even if they're a longer event, it's because of group dynamics. You have the group dynamics where uh, people come together and uh, that's the forming stage and then there's the storming stage where people find out where they're positioned in the little uh, hierarchy of personalities, the pecking order so to speak and then you have the norming phase where everyone normalizes and they get on with each other and they know their position and then there's the performing phase where they really get down to business and they're working together as a group and then there's the end. You, you come to the end and no one wants to break up a group that's performing. And we really had some amazing breakthroughs, some wonderful discussions about uh, business. In fact, what we did is we flipped on the recorder at breakfast one morning. Should we go to the tape and have a listen to that? I think we should. <laughs> yeah, so Ezra, uh, we're here at the Think Act Get Retreat. We're on day 
Oh, is it two or three? Kind of started the night before, but you were just telling us about tacos. What, what were you saying? Tacos are serious business. You got this serious look on your face when we're having such a pleasurable meal. I don't f around when it comes to tacos, man. There you go. There you go, kids. Tacos mean business. <laughs> now, we're not here by ourselves, of course. We have other guests. And uh, what we thought would be really cool is just put a recorder in the middle of the table at breakfast. So if you hear some chinking of um, knives and forks or whatever, that's just that's our meal. Uh, maybe we'll just introduce ourselves. We know who I am and we know who you are. Ezra? Yeah. Who else we got here? Uh, this is Kate. Hello. How are you? Kate from Australia. Kate from Australia. Came from Sydney. I had a few days in uh, over the other side of the island first in Waikiki, chilling out, so that I was kind of uh, relaxed and ready for the Think at Get Retreat. And so far, it's been fantastic. There you go. And um, Kate, what? What's been one of the most interesting things for you so far? Maybe something you didn't expect or that you did expect, but it was even better than you thought? Um, I think Carrie's yoga has been very special. Mm. <laughs> uh, Carrie's Ezra's wife, and she's beautiful, and she's a fantastic yoga instructor, and she's been standing with her back to the waves whilst we've been on the deck looking out at the waves and watching surfers this morning catch some fantastic waves and it's just been absolutely transcendental so I've loved it thank you Carrie yeah that was actually my first and second time at yoga <laughs> and I'm definitely into it I'm going to do more of it my whole body feels different it's a little, little really um, well. a lot of cricking going on yeah. <laughs> each time I maybe 20 something times I had a little click or a crick and it was telling me that this is probably a good little uh, iron out yeah well, I guess the listeners don't know that we're sitting on a deck and um, we're looking out at the most beautiful, clear turquoise water with some waves and some surfers catching some beautiful waves. There's a little bit of lawn in front of us and right in front of that is a beautiful beach. So I, I don't think there's a spot in the world as good as this that we could have come to. So thank you, Ezra. What beach is this, it is? This is Sunset Beach. This is where the Triple Crown of Surfing is held. Um, it's a very popular beach. The waves get quite big here. We've come at a, a good time because they're small right now. So let's keep going around the table. Who do yeah. we got next? What else we got? Chef. Chef. Got a mouthful <laughs> of delicious taco. It's all this really healthy, amazing food. It's, it's there's a little party going on in my mouth at the moment. Mm. I'm Carrie. I'm Ezra's wife, and I've been teaching yoga and making tacos. And, and quietly behind the scenes, running everything. Yeah, I saw a little, you had it carrying a little booklet with uh, schedule and planner there. And we go to the shops on the way each morning and do the required groceries. And There's a fair bit that goes on behind the scenes for something like this. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. And I just if you look at our lives in general, I tend to get a lot of the uh, forward-facing credit for things in the business and stuff like that. But if you really look at what's actually going on behind the scenes. Uh, Carrie's running the show around here. <laughs> <laughs> and she's doing it so graciously and beautifully as well. Yeah. Thank so. you. And she's also an excellent cook, and it's also incredibly healthy food, so we're able to eat as much as we like. That's the plan. I, I like to cook for people. Mm. Mm. Who else do we have here? Uh, I'm Melissa from 
just hopped over from California, but I have to say, uh, again, the location is spectacular. Uh, you couldn't find, we're on the beach a few feet from the actual sand and the waves, and it's um, a great spot for relaxing, uh, thinking, and uh, it's been really helpful because eating different meals together and moving around and going through the little town, Ezra took us to, which was full of quaint and photographical moments. Everybody just is talking about different things they've done, different um, people they know and that we share in common. So we've been able to talk back and forth about programs we've done, about um, business things we've done, and shared uh, opinions, diverse opinions on <laughs> various things. And so it's really good. And it's all in a really good feeling of uh, camaraderie. So there's uh, everybody's pitching in to help everybody else, which is really nice. And what's the main reason you come to an event like this, Melissa? Um, I think it's to meet other people. For me, it's to meet other people, I should say, that are in either in the same uh, general business or aligned somehow in the uh, uh, other areas of the business and find out what they're doing, uh, how they're doing it, um, new things they don't know, I don't know, and hopefully build up a network of people that you can reach out to later and say, say, you know, do you have a problem with this? I remember you talked about it when we were on this retreat, and you helped me out with that. And in the dinner conversations and lunch conversations, we've had a lot of people just jump in, Ezra jump into something and say, oh, you know, I did that and I did this, and I used this technique or that technique or this program or this app. We've had a big discussion about apps, mm. photography apps. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, people love tips and tricks and um I traveled really light this trip. We're recording this whole episode on an iPhone with a tiny little smart lab mic hanging over the middle of the table. You don't need a lot of tech, but if you have the right tech, that right one or two apps, you can get a lot more leverage from that for, for everything you do from that point on. Well, that's really cool, Lisa. Yeah, so that's it's been super helpful. Like I said, I think the networking aspect of it is really good for people and get out of your sphere every once in a while. And if it's a place like this, it's definitely worth it. Cool. And also uh, Stephen from San Diego in Scotland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> San Diego, San Diego Scotland. by way of Scotland. And Scotland. San Diego and Scotland, depending on what time of year it is. So uh, I came over to the retreat to capitalize on James's razor sharp, razor sharp mindset. Uh, analysis skills, looking at a new business model that I'm thinking of implementing, and also to capitalize on Ezra's uh, mindset and uh, ways of thinking. So it's been excellent so far. We did a, a very large and in-depth group exercise yesterday, just breaking down the model in great detail and looking at all of the elements you should be ensuring the model hits and ticks all the boxes before proceeding. So it's been very, very useful. And we're going to do some more of that later on this afternoon. So, very happy with the results so far. So, we, we uh, did a pretty intensive um, breakdown, I suppose, and, and in-depth look at some of the steps. And you're halfway through some uh, an exercise right now. Are you finding that, that it's starting to take shape? Yes. Can you see it forming? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, it's making me think about some longer-term elements that 
I wouldn't have thought about normally in a model before jumping in and implementing and then finding out that, whoops, maybe I should have thought further. Probably, a, well, a lot of us retrospectively look at things and think, well, you know, if I'd known this then, mm. I could have done this differently. And I think that particularly in our, in the internet marketing community, it's funnel-based and people are looking at, what can I put together this funnel for this one-time thing that's going to have a launch base? Yep. We're stuck on this launch model. And, uh, and what we're all about is building something that has lifelong value, not just one-time value. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the main point of coming here, is uh, applying this, uh, this knowledge and skill set to the model and looking at taking it to bigger and different markets, um, higher value clients, higher revenue, and I think we're definitely uh, on the right track with that now. Yeah, and you probably get easier customers to deal with at a different uh, positioning. So we talked about some of the filters that you can set to make sure that only the right ones get through the thing, just like um, a coffee filter, you know, like the grains stay in the thing and the good stuff comes through. Well, you, what you'll see happen often is business owners feeling victimized by the clients they have, but they are the ones choosing those clients. So you really do have choice as a business owner in the type of people who you deal with in your business. You don't have to sell to anyone you don't want to sell to. Yep. In fact, it's even worse sometimes putting a who this is not for section on your filter. I think it is. I think it is yeah. smart from a conversion standpoint to put that. Uh, and just from a framing, everything is framing when you really think about it. The way that you frame something to someone has them is what dictates how they respond to it. Mm. I think in Stephen's case too, one of the really interesting things was that we started to look at an offer that was pretty much orders of magnitude above the price that he was used to charging, but still really compatible with his skill set and what he can bring to the market with his specialist knowledge. So, um, you know, that was a great thing to see us run some ideas through that structure. As James called it, he put a marble through the structure that he'd laid out for us in the morning and it was fantastic to see out pop basically a nearly fully formed well, with a bit more effort from Stephen required, but obviously. But it is there, and I think we all have these things hidden from our visibility until someone shows us, and then it's super obvious. It's like we, uh, we have, we're, we're, it's right under our nose, that mm. hidden gold. They always say that. Yeah, and you get someone else to pull back the curtain or turn on the flashlight in the dark room, it's like, oh, I can see everything now. Well, it's often the things that you... Um, the things that you're best at, you're often quite unconsciously competent, I think. And um, so, working with James and Ezra, that you know, we can draw back the curtains a little bit on those kind of skills. So, um, Ezra, you've been kind of like the tour guide. Do you mind just giving us a quick snapshot of what we've done till this point and what we're going to do next, just to bring sure. the listener right into the moment? We've done a lot of hanging out and getting to know each other and spending time with one another and experiencing Hawaii and. Um, we also tend to have a lot of attention on business and marketing because that was is one of the main focuses for a trip like this. Right? Even the lemonade stand in the market. Yeah, we, we walk around these markets and we can't help but notice how people are marketing, how they're presenting their offers, how they're doing trial closes. Like We can see this world of selling and persuasion that the average person doesn't pay attention to. And what's interesting is you can see what you put your attention on. And we happen to put our attention in this area, so we can see a lot in that area. And, and all of the conversations that we have some way or another relate back to that because the goal of this retreat is to have people leave with uh, more confidence and ability to grow and succeed in their business. And so 
Tonight we've got a luau up the hill, which is a traditional Hawaiian party. I've got my Uncle Dan, who was a cook in the Navy, grilling up some Kalua pork and traditional Hawaiian uh, vanilla pudding. And I've got my Uncle Bob, who's going to take a bunch of people's money in a poker game. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, we know you play poker from the first uh, we, episode. We're, yeah. we're a little bit concerned that Ezra will be the one taking Yeah, he says he's going to be the dealer. Well, I think money. I've decided to play now. <laughs> You're always going to, he's trying to just ease us into this thing. Uh, but, you know, it's it's interesting um, what happens to you when you, it's like when you go to a live event, and you immerse yourself in, uh, in a subject matter and with a group of people and you come away with all of this knowledge that you may not even know that you absorbed, but just from being in that situation and watching how other people, like just having your attention in that area for multiple days on end with a group of people who are really sharp, um, you end up expanding a lot in a short period of time. It can be like the smallest things. We were driving home the other day and we saw a, um, a mother hen with little chicks crossing the road and uh, escaping from one side of the road to the other and then ducking under the fence and, and taking the whole flock. Cars were stopped. That little tiny chicken had control over two enormous uh, two-ton vehicles. Yeah, she, she li and we literally saw a chicken cross the road, quite literally, to get to the other side. There it was go. great. It was a promised land. It was grass. She went from asphalt to grass, man. <laughs> Pretty awesome. All right, so uh, there you go, folks. We've, we've gone, we've peeked inside the Think At Get Retreat. We, um, we're going to go and do some brainstorming, some paddle boarding, a luau, and uh, we hope to catch up with you again uh, on a post-event episode. We'll, we'll be talking about what happened and, and uh, what we learned from it. So this episode, so that was kind of cool to listen back to that. Yeah, it's, it's great to be back in the moment. I think it was, uh, it's always cool. That's the wonder of this recording business with videos and audios that you take a snapshot of your life at that phase. If we were to listen back to all of our episodes, and I'm sure a lot of listeners jump in somewhere through the show and then go back and listen, you go back and enter that time. It's like a little time capsule that will be, there forever with the way that the internet works it'll be stored and retrieved for a long time so it's fun to listen back to old stuff and see where you've come from and by the way if you're ever upset about your progress think about where you were two years ago and you'll actually be able to see that you've really come a long way and I think that's a Dan Sullivan technique so I want to give appropriate credit but you could feel good about what you're already achieving from where you came from as you move forward. Which will actually make you more effective in present time if you are approving of your past actions rather than disapproving of them. And I think we talked about that uh, on the, uh, did we do a guilt episode yet? No, we talked a little bit about guilt, which is looking back uh, at, at what, what's happened in the past and uh, judging it negatively. So what's our topic today, Ezra? Well, our topic is culture. And you're, you're faced with culture wherever you go in the world. Different groups of people develop different ways of being and different traditions based on their circumstances and where they are in the world and things like that. Culture is an interesting part of being human, and it's a part that you can have a lot of fun with. So you, you can also get yourself into a lot of trouble if you don't understand it. And one thing to know is that you can create culture. You can create culture in your company. You can create culture in your relationships. So culture, what is it? What culture are you creating around you? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. Awesome. You know, it was really good to immerse into the 
Kauai culture on the North Shore. I had some wonderful discussions with locals. <laughs> One in particular, now the coffee shop comes to mind, but to to get into someone else's zone and to see how they live and how they talk and what they wear. Uh, we've had some great discussions about um, how you can fit in or stand out easily. But we just had breakfast this morning and there was a, I think it was a guy. He was a guy. Guy. Wow. He had like um, eye lenses and he looked like a snake and he had shadow makeup around his eyes and it was, it was one it was, of the strangest was, things I've seen. He was doing a whole lot to be noticed. So we just immersed into that San Francisco culture, but he was wearing tights and he looked like a character straight off set from a horror film. What do you think it was all about? I think he really wanted attention and he, he got wanted it. to be noticed. And <laughs> we were all talking about it. He wanted to show his individuality. Um, and, you know, it's an interesting thing about that type of culture uh, that, you know, a lot, and a lot of what people want, and we talked about this in the acknowledgement episode, is to be noticed. They just, they're doing anything they can to be seen. A lot of people are so ignored by their family members, by the people in their lives, by the circumstances they're in at their jobs. They just do not feel seen. And one of the, uh, mo- one of the, the, the most intimate things you can do with another person is notice them. So it comes back to this attention thing where if you just pay attention, if you give people attention, they, they're going to feel special and remember you for that. Yeah. And you know, the thing about culture is that it, it's happening all around you. And, and it's when we come, we bring this back to marketing. If you're able to understand the different dynamics that are happening within a culture, then you can participate in it and you can, uh, you, you're, you can make better offers to that group of people if you understand where they're coming from. Like that guy, uh, well, I don't even have an example for him because he was a little out of the box, that guy. Well, here's the thing. We're talking about him on a, on a globally broadcast show that will go to thousands and thousands of people. So he, he got the result, I guess. Um, what about people who do the opposite, who blend in and, and go low-key? Well, you, what about these people? Yeah, these people who, like I do this, I go to the level of the person that I'm talking to. So if I'm talking to someone and they have a certain speech, I mirror. Right, hang it's on like a called mirroring and You were up on stage yesterday with a green cap and sunglasses uh, looking... Well, I was putting on a show for a group of people. I'm talking one-on-one interactions. Here. Gotcha, gotcha. Because gotcha. you know about NLP and mirroring and all that? It's a very common technique where you uh, you basically jet posture and uh, your cadence, the way you speak, the cadence with which you speak, and the style of language that you use matches the other person that you're talking to and it makes them feel very comfortable and it's not something that I do deliberately it just happens I just do that when I'm in conversation with people well that's the thing so you you were dressed quite differently and stood out in my case I actually wore a similar shirt that the audience members were wearing the day before and I wanted to uh, I guess fit in with that culture so that they could be ready to receive my message so there's two different approaches to that and I um, I think that's fascinating. In fact, when we're on a call, someone called you a hipster. So, uh, Ezra, tell me, why did you? Why, why are you not a hipster? What is a hipster anyway? Because that's a great cultural aspect. Well, you know, hipsters have a very have. There's a certain connotation to uh, hipsterism, and people think of hipsters in a certain way. And one of the ways that hipsters are uh, thought of is that they don't really have attention on anyone but themselves. They're, they're, they're working really hard to be cool. It's like the guys who spend 
two hours making their hair look like they didn't like they just got out of bed. You know, it's like that kind of hipsters have a, a are, are very, trying very hard to be cool, and uh, I just don't identify as a hipster. I look like these people, sure. You know, I got a beard. I live in Williamsburg. Hipsters are trying very hard to be effortlessly cool. That's right. Hipsters are trying very hard to be effortlessly cool. And look, there's a lot of great stuff about the hipster community. And like to any of our hipster listeners, we love you. I just don't feel like I, I, I don't want to be, you know, I have, I'm very sensitive to how I'm labeled by our community and I want to be labeled properly. And if I disagree with a label that's been given to me, I'm going to state that disagreement. Right. So um, culturally, do you try and fit in or do you just, are you just yourself? Well, for a great part of my life, I tried very hard to fit in. I was so concerned with what people thought of me. I was so concerned with how I looked. I was very, very vain and insecure uh, in my sort of younger days. <laughs> well, I, I, I think um, I think it was Uncle Bob was telling me you spent quite a lot of time in yeah, front of the mirror I'd, I'd brushing be, your hair. Well, I used to like blow dry it up into this like yeah. a, uh, pompadour. <laughs> but I think that's probably a normal kid phase. Yeah, and, and, but at, at a certain at, at at one point, I realized that like. Like, what am I going through all this trouble for? What do I really, like, it does not, what matters is, am I, do, am I okay with myself? Am I happy about who I am? Like, my own viewpoint of myself was what was important and not what other people thought of me. And when I was able to grok that concept, I was able to let go of a lot of that and have a lot more freedom in how I bead in the world. I don't know if bead is a word, but I'm so how, much how more much, comfortable in my skin. Well, how much control do you think people have on the culture around them? I've noticed... Uh, from running a community of around 800 members, you can't control the culture. The culture just uh, takes form. Certainly, there's you, aspects well, you have of it. Control of your immediate culture. Well, you can control who comes into the forum. That's right. You can, you know, through a, a price filter, where I market it. Once people come in, though, there's always people who are leaders and and stand for something. There's people who lurk and um, just quietly. Observe. You can control the way that people relate with you by the way that you relate to people. It's like this guy who was thrashing me in a forum the other day, um, thrashing one of my products in a private forum, and, and one of my members uh, noted it. No, you know, said, "Hey man," said to me, "Hey man, there's a guy who's like really bad mouthing you over here. You you ought to know it's a private group." And so I got myself invited by the leader of the group, and I went in and responded to him in a very nice way. I just said, "Hey man, I think it's a little unfair that you would." put me down without ever having requested support and kind of had a conversation with him that was pretty hostile to start. Um, but eventually we came to a resolution and so I was able to like get in there and, and by being, if I had come at him and, and fought with him and, 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 and been really angry and like instead of, if I had approached that situation differently, it could have been a whole different culture in that forum. Right. So um, cultures tend to take their own shape though. With it. You do have some moderation ability if you control the forum, but you're still going to get the personalities. And uh, one of the great experiments I did a few years back, I used to have four separate groups of 10 people doing masterminds. And each group was unbelievably different. Even though I had the same opening or entry process, I had the same uh, forum software, I had the same me, but the 10 different people created four incredibly different cultures. And that was, for me, one of the biggest uh, eye-openers as to how much the community takes control. And, you know, like if you look in the broader world, there's whole communities of, uh, well, I guess there's the hippies, there's the 
hipsters. <laughs> then there's I mean there's the just conspiracy layers. theorists. There's, there's layers and preppers. layers of different kinds. There's the yoga culture. Like there's so many layers of community all on top of uh, on top of one another. And what makes what in diversity, like being able to play in multiple different cultures, being able to participate in multiple different communities leads to uh, leads to happiness, really. Diversity leads to happiness. You'll often find people who are doing we're fast track here. I just uh, had to stop and pull down the little fast track sign because we're we're not even sure if this fast track works. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We have no idea. Like, it, what if it's supposed to beep or something? It doesn't. It's supposed to beep, but it doesn't beep, which means I'm probably gonna get a bunch of tickets yeah. for having run this toll four times now. I'm a little freaked out about it. You don't stop. You just oh, go. Yeah, I'm just, no stopping. There we go. Yeah. All right. There All right. Go. We're on. Put it to uh, Ezra's charge card. Thank you very much. Really? Seriously, <laughs> dude. I'm like. <laughs> you know, it takes a little snapshot of you, technology yeah. behind it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, what I was saying was that people who are um, who are, are in diver- diverse in culture tend to be happier people, and also uh, diversity of culture is uh, is revered. It's revered. That's like you, the goal. If you look in the states, and revered by whom? Revered by people who don't have the like. Like if you look at. Like if you take a look at people who have money in the states, one of the things they do when they're raising their children is put them in. They have their culture. They make them culturally diverse. But they if you look at the, uh, other cultures, uh, um, dare I say, maybe redneck culture or whatever, um, some religious cultures, then I think that they are very um, singularly focused. singularly focused. Yes. I mean, even obsessively cult esque. Yes. Focused on on their culture is the culture. And they uh, castigate or... Well, I think that's or, where you get into trouble, too, is when, right. you're, when you're just narrow-minded. I think the whole point of this show is to... Expand. That's right. And to, to provoke thought. Right. See, but like, we don't know uh, many of the answers, but we certainly like asking the questions and <laughs> discussing it. Uh, all right, so what's next? Well, we've gone through hipsters, Hawaii. The, well, we should talk about the culture of the internet marketing industry. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's a fascinating. Topic. Well, that's a brush that we don't want to be tarred with in some ways. Certainly, I don't. I I guess I came through the internet marketing channel, right? And I fairly quickly worked out that there's a lot of shifting sands going on. A lot of uh, problems with with some free forums where there's just people selling ideas and well, theory we don't, to each other. What's interesting is that. While technically, when you think about what internet marketing is, it's doing market marketing over the internet. Yeah, we both do that. We don't want to be labeled with the term internet marketer because of the culture that is associated with it. Yeah, because it's just a, it's, it's just a, an immature mob. Uh, it's sort of like a boys' club in a way. And I actually resonate far better with the internet business ideas, which is doing business over the internet, and it's more encompassing than just marketing. There's the whole thing of keeping your business running, the strategy behind the business, the uh, communications involved with suppliers, with customers, with contacts and peers. So I like to think that I'm in the internet business market now. Yeah, I agree. You? Well, I think I'm in the uh, – I mean, yeah, I'm definitely in the internet business market because my businesses are done over the internet. But I, I don't I, – I shy away from – like this is the interesting thing about labels is they have connotations. And it's hard, it's hard to – I have trouble labeling myself. People are like, what do you do? And it's always a tough question for me because I do a lot of stuff. Well, even your presentation yesterday, you covered three diverse topics. I did. You, you did e-commerce. You did reputation management. 
and you did some philosophy life stuff. <laughs> you were philosophy. helping people be better people and yeah. uh, teaching them how to pick up at a bar. Well, it's, that's right. Well, I don't, I'm teaching them how to pick no, up I in general. I think that was the metaphor. That that's right. Used, yeah. But hey, you could use that to pick people up. You could use it I, to train horses. Support. You could. Same technique. Um, but I think that uh, it's it's fun to ha- like it's fun for me to because I can move really fast in the business part, and then I can slow down and be like, "Hey, man, let's talk about some heavy stuff here about your life." Like I really like to be able to play that, you know, play, uh, weave those different threads together. But I want to um, move on and talk about how you can leverage culture in your life, so and in your business. So let's talk a little bit about how the listener can actually leverage the culture around them to have a more successful business and a more pleasurable life. Would you say that the culture you were brought up in, the way that you were raised and where you lived, has given you some skills that help you in business? Absolutely, no question. In fact, they've given me skills that have made me the person I am. And and the reason why I I want to bring up how it affects your business, because when I look at the culture of how you run your team, right? Like I see you relating with your team and I see the culture that you create for them. And I also see what badasses they are. And that is by no accident that it, that those two things come together. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, working with people for a long time, I've learned that the most important people in my business are my own team because the team are the ones looking after the business and the business looks after the customers and the customers pay the money, which in turn uh, means Supports that I get a profit. Team. I'm the last one to get paid, really. Yeah. I'm, I'm up for wages and all the costs and risks associated with running a business, but by really supporting my team. One of the big tips I'll give anyone uh, who is thinking about or currently has staff working for them is create a risk-free environment. Create an environment where your employees, the people who work with you, your team members, your fellow participants in your uh, mission are able to stretch and expand and think and try things without fear of losing their job because that's a primary fear. So culturally, if you create an environment where people get to think and stretch and they can take the small risks and they can use their judgment and and implement without having to triple cross check everything for fear of losing well, their job. Here's an example you, of you it. You uncork that bottle, you get unbelievable results. Your guys skinned a random plugin for my site out of nowhere just hey this thing's you know this is a process that you're going to have to do over and over here's a widget that'll just make it make it easy for you to do now if they had been wor- like, they didn't have to check with you to do that they didn't they weren't worried that if they did some random thing uh, that you would be freaked out like if they if they they weren't worried that by by doing something new that wasn't asked of them that may or may not have worked in this case it actually worked quite well but they weren't afraid for their jobs for taking by taking that risk We've also uh, created, uh, in this case, we've created something that will save time for the customer over and over again, which is time they're actually uh, billed for uh, that we're now not going to be billing for. So we've actually done something that really looks after the customer, and that comes from our customer focus. So I focus on my team. My team, aside from focusing on helping each other, are really making sure that our customer has their problem solved in the best possible way in the interests of the customer. And that, I think, is something I carried through from the culture of working in a high-value brand like Mercedes-Benz. That cultural awareness of brand values, of lifetime customers, uh, the sales culture of knowing that the best customer is the one you're already dealing with has flowed across into our business ethos. Absolutely. And one of the things, that we're, now we're moving on. We're changing 
to the, uh, I think we should play Carol's Wager right now, because it's the weekly. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is uh, Carol's, uh, she did a, a user-submitted weekly wager, and is, finally someone took us up, Phenomenal. and she took it to a whole new level. It really is, just so beyond. So we'll, we'll go to the weekly wager section. Weekly willpower wager. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. <laughs> oh, Carol, that's so good. So what we'd like you to do this week is have a look at where you are. Perhaps it's like... The town you live in, perhaps it's like, uh, you know, the group, a group that you participate in, like a, you know, a fitness class or a book club, or perhaps it's like the market that you serve, and make a list of five things that are going on culturally. Perhaps it's commonly held viewpoints within that culture, like everyone in that group believes this thing, or everyone in that group speaks this way. So five things that. That, is, that are culturally prominent in that particular group. And just putting a little bit of attention on those things will have you be able to serve that group better and better participate in that group because you're more aware of what's going on within that culture. Yeah. And also, uh, it's just one, I suppose. If you wanted, you could identify another culture that you're not currently involved with that you think might be a good fit for, for you know the value you could add to others and see if you could join that. Uh, like an example is Smart Marketer or uh, Superfast Business. Both of those websites have a, a culture or a following. They get repeat visits. Those people are members of, of uh, communities that we run. If you're not currently in either of our communities, that might be something to consider as joining a new culture. And you know what was really interesting for James and I sitting back to back, well, side, I guess side to side, we weren't really sitting back to yeah, back. That's like, look, we weren't doing uh, like a, a standoff. No. Or, 20 paces yeah. or like when you're in a wrestling club and you start back to back and you got to yeah, turn around no wrestling yeah. just uh, discussion uh, side by side we were sitting side by side like comparing the different statistics from our websites and it was a very fascinating thing to have a look at the different you know culture of each of our different sites um, so yes do that now let's move on to the news and updates portion of our show alright so uh, what's news on your side of the woods there? As well, well, news on my side of the woods is that smartmarketer.com will have a services division published this evening. So before this episode rolls out, there will be, you will be able to um, buy services from me. I have all kinds of different stuff I'm offering, and uh, you should check it out because I can probably help you. Yeah, on uh, my side, well, obviously I'm traveling. I've been uh, to Hawaii and uh, Sacramento and San Francisco, and I'm heading off to Mexico next. Uh Really, just business as usual, which is one of the beauties of, of having the type of business that we run, and we're continually creating um, recordings and videos. So our products and services are still up and running. Uh, I've got uh, Silver Circle applications coming in at the moment because I'm doing an intake. Uh, if you have a serious business and you want to make it even more serious, that's a good place to go. Uh, but all the other stuff's going well, and uh, one thing that is really going crazy at the moment is our fast hosting from atlweb.com. We have uh, we opened up a whole lot of content packages and uh, hosting. People can share our dedicated server, and the team are just going off with that stuff. Yeah, I did a speed test. I'm using that, and all right, you guys are fast. We, I'm fast because I'm using your hosting. Now, Fast Web Formula Five in March. I think you just got confirmation from a speaker who we had breakfast with. I think uh, so. We, it looks like we're having Taki Moore come. He's going to talk about frameworks and templates and how to set up effective uh, training modules. And Taki is the 
pretty much the world expert at coaching coaches on how to deliver content and uh, run webinar marketing. So it's he's a great friend of mine, and we catch up every week. It's really fun that he just happened to be in San Francisco. While just we happened were. to be, and we went and had breakfast with him, and he said, yeah, he'll do it. So I've got plenty of witnesses. A big shout out to Taki, who's a regular listener of this show. <laughs> we hope to see you at the event. Also might be uh, doing something else during that time period around Fast Rep Formula 5 that we may announce at some point. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah, that, and a, that's a think act get. It'll be a think act get thing. Yeah. Uh, so we, we're pretty. We're already planning and scheming our next uh, event because we really felt the first one hit the spot and we over delivered on our our promises. The participants had a great time, and uh, we're we're keen to do it again. So if you think that if you're sort of sitting there thinking that you would have liked to be at Hawaii as you watched our pictures go up of the palm trees and the the paddle boards and you thought that it might be nice to have Ezra and I helping you on your business, well, there might be another chance for you coming up. That's right. So I think that does it for the news and updates portion of our show. We're in a vehicle and uh, we don't have access to the internet, so we can actually, I could probably pull up the comments, some a comment or two on my phone here. Well, you, you can if you like. We just did a whole episode of comments, the previous one. So. All right, well, we can skip comments for this episode. Uh, because that'll be a pain in the butt. We do have to get in our quotes, and we don't have any quotes. So what what we should do is, uh, well, it's sort of a relief not to have to quote uh, a, Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> the great Jennifer Aniston, uh, this week. Why don't we think of a quote that really resonates with us as we we could reflect yeah. on it that we've thought about while we're traveling, um, that, you know, that you think is holding true for you right now in life. Okay. You know, this isn't really a quote. But it, it is uh, my experience on this trip is oftentimes things will work out differently than you may have thought, but be far better than you could have planned. And I am certainly having that experience uh, throughout this trip. Um, things are working out significantly differently than I would have imagined, but so much better than I could have fathomed for myself. And I think that uh, in, in this particular instance, Carrie, who's in the backseat, has a lot to do with that. Um, but it happens a lot in life where you, you, things are not, they don't quite work out the way you want, but there's, there tends to be, as James said, a whole lot of lemonade out of those lemons. Isn't that, that's funny because I was thinking of the lemonade from Were Lemons. Phrase, but, I mean, it's no, no real surprise. We've been talking together. <laughs> and uh, when you travel, it's often that things crop up or, or change on the fly. So I guess I, I relate that back to you can't necessarily uh, control everything around you. Like when we uh, went to San Francisco, we observed a street fight. Under, oh my know, God, that was crazy. We, we didn't control that. That was unfolding in front of us. And we couldn't However, even cross the street. It was well, like right in the middle of the road. That's the thing. We can control how we react to things. And that's the important thing. And some people are going to say, oh, there's lemons. And other people are going to see the lemonade in that. Maybe someone else in an altercation makes you appreciate that you're not in an altercation with somebody. Um, you know, there's, there's so many examples where things have turned out for the positive. In fact, the reason we're recording this episode is because we fortuitously found that we had an hour or so of driving that we didn't actually plan, it wasn't in our schedule, and here we are creating an episode when it wasn't necessarily going to be happening right this time. Yeah. So, the, basically, the, the fundamental thing is Look for the beauty in the world around you because it is there. And if you're willing to see it, uh, you, you will see it. And you'll have a lot more fun and you'll be 
significantly happier because you're willing to see that beauty around you. you it's the same thing. Your, where your attention goes, grows. So what your attention is on grows and, and gets bigger and, ha and fulfills, fulfills more of your life. It's like that law you were talking about where things fill the space there. Parkinson's law. What is that one? That um, work expands to fill the time available. That's right. And the things that you put your attention on expand to fill the amount of time you have your attention on them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So uh, I think that does it for this episode of Think, Act, Get, Listener. We really appreciate you hanging out with us for an hour. Um, and we're looking forward to spending another hour with you in the future. Yeah. Thank you, listener. And uh, you have a safe and happy time until the next episode of Think, Act, Get. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.